the glory days are here to say the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory's lane, it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The gory days. Welcome to the gory days, the show where we take a stroll down memory slain to remember our favorite horror movies from the 1980s and beyond. Kyle Leone here, your host for another week, and what a week it is. It's October, two weeks into October, or two weeks closer to Halloween. Do you have your costumes already to wear on zoom cameras for this halloween quarantine quarantine halloween has anyone found a clever way to play with that hallow quarantine <laughs> i'm sure that's being used for something somewhere but not for halloween quarantine ah uh, welcome to the gory days of course october would be a very important month for this podcast because it's a horror movie podcast right so naturally I would never just sit down in front of the mic without <laughs> having uh, a plan on an October episode. No, I worked really hard on these. In fact, I recorded these way, way in advance. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm. I'm oh, excuse me. I'm recording this back in uh, May, so I'm just assuming that uh, quarantine's still happening uh, in October. I'm. I'm very pessimistic about that. No, no, no. I'm talking about one of my favorite movies that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Uh, I've said it once before, and I'll say it again. Today I'm talking about Child's Play. Uh, I've only done Child's Play in the form of a watch-along on the podcast before, but today I'm doing doing it justice by talking talking about it old school, which means, of course, going through all of my wonderful segments. Yeah... Let's see. Child's Play, if you haven't seen it, obviously, is a movie. It's a good movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie with the Chucky Man. Child monster. He's a doll that's alive, and he kills you. So let me let me roll the clock back. It's 1988, and you just put on your sweater. It's November because it's cold out. It's cold because it's November, and you're really excited to run out with your friends. Your older brother is taking you to the to the movie theater and he's going to he's going to sneak you into the scary movie cuz you're going to go see oh a, a different movie that also came out in November of 1988. Uh but but really you're going to sneak into Child's Play. And oh what a movie it is. Seriously, I was terrified of this movie. I've talked about it before. I'll say it a million times. It's a scary movie, and it scared me. And what I want to do today is talk about it. I feel like every podcast under the sun must have talked about this movie. And I could talk about it from my perspective, and I could share what my thoughts are on it, and I could do all of that song and dance. But, you know, it's a, it's a podcast. It's a crazy podcast world. There's, there's a million podcasts happening every day. I read a report yesterday on Forbes that said every single day, one million podcasts get launched on streaming services. Brand new podcasts. That's absolutely insane to me. And so I figured if you, you want to stand out... Obviously, you got to draw people in with the movies that they want to see, but then you gotta you gotta razzle them, you gotta dazzle them um, in a good way. And so, I'm starting today's segment 
uh, for people who have already seen Child's Play and love it as much as I do. I'm calling this segment, What If? Like, like what's his face? Um, Uatu, the Watcher. Like, what if the Spider-Man was the Punisher? Or what if uh, Black Panther could swim like you could imagine these fantastic alternate realities uh that that boggle the mind of what could have been and so i was tickled by those 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 very what if stories of like uh what are they 70s maybe even 60s marvel there's there's what if for uh marvel and there's uh uh what's the what's the dc one it's not what if, it's Elseworlds. There's Elseworlds for DC. And so, oh, we should come up with a name for, for this one, for the gory days, an alternate universe where Uatu, where Kyle the Watcher peels back the curtain to look into an alternate world. Maybe we could call it the gory days. <laughs> so let's peel back the veil and see into another world of what if Charles Lee Ray, while running from... Uh, Chris Sarandon's character, what's his name again? Detective Mike Norris. What if he, instead of running into the department store, running into the kids' store, ran into a different store? What if he transported himself into... There was a lot of places. I'd like to imagine Charles Lee Ray transporting himself into a stand-up pinball machine. I don't remember if they had one in that store, but I have to imagine... In downtown Chicago, there had to have been a store on that street with a derelict pinball machine. I like to think that if he transferred himself into that pinball machine, he'd get bought. And it'd be great. That was... I. I, w- I talked myself into a corner because I wasn't as tickled by the pinball machine idea as I, as I, as I wanted to be. And this, let's just skip this. Let's skip this segment. That's, that segment wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. I, th- I, had, I had some other ideas here. I had the idea of doing alternate, like, oh, what if he went into the piano? What if he went into panties? Like, what the fuck is that? What if, what if he went, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. What if, what if he went into, <laughs> what if he went into a building or something? Yeah. So, whatever. Let's move on to the other one. Let's do the one... I don't know why I'm beating around the bush. This is the one that I'm probably going to name the episode. How to Beat Chucky. Because we've all seen the movies. We've all seen that he's a crazy killer. But the people that he's going after, he gets, like, the drop on. They're basically... uh, It's like he sucker punches everybody, and it's bullshit. So, I'm going to give you the lowdown for everybody in Chicago in 1988 to avoid being killed by the killer doll. So let's get the top one out of the way. Don't be a child. If if you are a child, number one, like we can go down the flow chart, number one, and if it's you are a child and the answer is yes, stop listening right now because you're fucked. Because Chucky, Chucky loves killing kids. I don't know why. I don't know why he loves it, but he's super into killing kids, especially in the movies. Um, in the movies, at least. He's, like, super duper, like, he'll kill people, he'll kill adults, he'll kill animals and stuff if they get in the way. But if he finds a good, if he finds a, a little kid, he just can't, like, wait to kill the shit out of him. Um, so if you're a kid, 
stop listening to this. Go like into a bunker somewhere and and hunker down because he's coming for you. He's just got to get through all the other kids. It's like Christmas. Santa's got to get through all the kids, but he's going to get to you, even the ones who don't believe in him. He's going to get to all of them, and he's either going to give them a present if they're a nice little Gentile kid, or he's going to give them a big lump of coal if they're anything else, because that's how Christmas is, and that's how Chucky is. So if you're not a child, please continue listening. Are the kids gone? All right, so now it's... It's time for the red light hour on the gory days. This is for adults only. No kids allowed. Because that's one thing that Chucky also hates is getting sexy. If you feel like you're comfortable enough in your apartment or uh, cabin, tent, or uh, sanatorium, you better think twice. Because Chucky is right around the corner and he can smell... Two things, two things. He's got a heightened sense of smell. Do I avoid being sexy? <laughs> he's got. Being he's, sexy? <laughs> I'm sorry. He's got a heightened sense of smell, so he can smell two things: youth and sexiness. And these are two completely mutually exclusive things that he smells because <laughs> because he is not he is not attracted. <laughs> Because Chucky is not attracted to his victims, no matter their age. So if they're young, he's going to come get you and he's going to kill the shit out of you. But if you're also not young but sexy, like, let's think. Who's an old, sexy person? Like, George Clooney? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Once it, You better find where those kids are hunkered down in those bunkers. <laughs> you better get into the bunkers with the kids. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think did George Clooney finally get married? I thought that was a thing. Is like he's he's never getting married. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, don't be sexy. Um, and so so if you're if you're thinking about being sexy right now, then once again, stop listening to this. Go be yourself. I'm not telling anybody how to live their life. I'm not telling anyone what to do. Just just if you want to live. Here's some free-floating advice out there because Chucky's on the loose. Um, uh, let's see. The, kind of like a, an addendum to um, being sexy is don't live in Chicago because that's where his main uh, like hunting ground is. And so if you are in or near the Chicago area, uh, either move um, find you know move somewhere just out of the city, find a nice little town. Somewhere not too far from like the grocery stores and the elementary schools, but also from the movie theaters and stuff, because you know you want to have some fun. And then you can visit Chicago still sometimes, like maybe an hour at most. Like, are you really going to drive more than an hour to visit like a fancy town? You have all the same things in your town, and we're not going to go over this again. So, if that's an option for you, if you have the means to move uh, to a neighboring borough out just outside of Chicago, then I think there's some kind of force field um, that exists like around Chicago that either keeps Chucky in or keeps him from wanting to get out. Like there's some kind of pheromone or like uh, uh, microscopic worm in the water that's infecting the people who drink it. And Chucky, it affects him in a unique way. And it makes him not ever want to leave Chicago and only commit his murders there. 
So if you're so if you're a child or if you want to be sexy and or live in Chicago, you're dead. Um, but if you're not a child and you don't want to be sexy and you live in California or anywhere but Chicago, then um, please keep listening. Um, he's huh? No, okay. He's um, so Ch- Chucky's plastic, and if you burn plastic, that burns toxic. So I caution you if you're going to use um, like a flamethrower or a six-pack of Molotov cocktails um, thrown at him from like maybe even above, if you can somehow lure him out onto the street, if you can get a child or a sexy Chicagoan to like hang out in the street, that's pretty good Chucky bait. He'll come from wherever. It's just a waiting game at that point. He'll come find it. And then you can uh, – this is not the way I recommend – I don't recommend this. But if, if all you have access to is a six-pack of Molotov cocktails or a great amount of flamethrowers and fuel for those flamethrowers, then yes, this is probably your best scenario. And this is, like, I feel like I haven't put the addendum over this whole thing. These are all, this is all just my advice. And I don't know, what, like, the legal things I have to say, but nothing I'm saying here is legally, uh, um, like, medical advice or whatever. Like, if Chucky comes running for you, do do not hold me accountable when uh, dousing him in flamethrowers and your six-pack of Molotov cocktails does not stop him. That's not my fault, okay? Things change. I'm recording this, and things change. They just made that weird new movie of him, so maybe he'll be a bear uh, by, by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? Maybe he'll be uh, a derelict pinball machine that gets bought, and it's great. Um, how to beat Chucky. That's what we're doing. Okay, so... Um, if so, if you have a flamethrower, that's fine. It's not recommended because the fumes do burn toxic. And if you are standing above him in the scenario I described, where you're in your uh, flat on the sixth uh, floor of the apartment and you're looking down, and your flamethrower, <laughs> I I heard myself say that. What, what else? It's just your apartment. You're flat. <laughs> Would you take the lorry? Whatever. Okay, so. I recommend putting Chucky into a, like, container because the best way to do it is to make sure that you actually, in fact, keep him alive. Because from what I've seen, and I'm only talking from my experience, but from what I've seen, you really can't actually kill him. He's like a revenant. So I'm just saying how to beat him, not how to kill him, because I don't think you actually can. You can melt him, you can burn him, you can electrocute him, you can drown him, you could uh, shoot him through the heart, um, you could suffocate him, but he, he'll just play a trick on you, or, or maybe he will actually die and then come back to life. It depends on who's directing it. Anyway, the, the, the way to avoid Chucky we've already been through, but let's say that you, you've, already, you've already checked all of these boxes. You're not a child. You're not feeling sexy. You don't live in Chicago. You don't have access to a six-pack of Molotov cocktails and a flamethrower. Um, and Chucky's still coming for you. Like, what the hell? So in this situation, it is very important that you uh, buy a house. So 
I recommend like a two bedroom, two bath, two stories. <laughs> two bedrooms. <laughs> two baths. Two stories. Eight hundred square feet. This is what I recommend. <clears throat> I recommend a two bedroom, two bath, two story. 800 square feet foot house, tall and long is what you're going for because Chucky is really bad at climbing stairs and ladders and trees and all kinds of things, corporate ladders, all kinds of upward escalations. That is Chucky's kryptonite, I am telling you. So what you're going to want to do is buy a two-bedroom, two-bath, two-story bed house, that is 800 square feet, tall and long, and set up what I believe the medieval uh, times waitress that told me the name of it uh, is called um, a broth stop, which is where you put molten things in a cauldron and then kick that over so that it falls down the stairs. And then what that's going to do is it's cre- what I recommend putting in that is honey, because what that's going to do is as the honey spreads down the stairs, Chucky is going to try to climb up those stairs, and he's already bad at doing that. His attempts to climb up your house stairs will be hindered, and he'll be stuck. And then at that point, what I recommend is dismemberment. If you don't want to get the police involved, and believe me, I totally get it, uh... Instead, what you can do is remove all of his limbs. And he's going to, at this point, he is going to be screaming. He is not going to like being in the honey. He's not going to like the smell of the honey. He's not going to like that you are alive and talking to him and seeing him in the honey. He's going to feel embarrassed. And you are going to feel the compulsion. I... I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. Do not console him. He is going to try to play the pity card so hard. He's going to do that like, he's going to get really down on himself and he's going to start beating himself up. And you are going to feel every molecule in your body urge you to say something supportive. And even if you do, he's just going to be like, no, you're just saying that. Do not, do not, I repeat, do not console Chucky as he is in the hot honey that has become so hot it is like glue. And you have, like a spider, somehow traversed around the honey via your own honey shoes, which I will teach you how to make in a different episode. But once you have those honey shoes, you will be able to walk anywhere that the hot honey is in your house. And then once you've dismembered Chucky, once you've resisted the urge to console Chucky, now you can begin the dismemberment process. And I recommend several opaque canopic jars to put all of uh, each piece in. So you're going to want to get different, different canopic jars for each of his limbs, one for his left arm, one for his right arm, one for his left leg, and one for his right leg and his torso. And now I don't mean to be crass on this podcast. That's not what this show is. But 
you are going to need another canopic jar for his butt. And I will explain why that's important in a bit. But once you've gotten all of those pieces separated into different canopic jars, you've effectively beat Chucky. And you can do whatever you want. You can put those canopic jars on your shelf. You could have them... Um, in a, you could have them in the center of a fairy circle that you find in the forest of mushrooms. You could uh, hang it up in the trees uh, in like a little display so that they kind of clatter around each other. Um, really, the, 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 the options are yours at that point. This is where the flowchart kind of uh, branches out and it becomes a fill-in-the-blank kind of thing of like, what are you going to do with the canopic jars full of Chucky's body parts? Um, now, this, of course, assumes that you have access to canopic jars. So if you don't, you're fucked. I don't know what to tell you. If you don't have access to canopic jars, you will, when you get all of his body parts severed and you are able to get all of them into any kind of jar, it won't be enough unless they are canopic jars. And it doesn't matter because like an octopus, Chucky can squeeze through any opening large as big as his beak. So as long as there's any opening that big, he will slip through it. And your garden variety jar, um, shoe box, uh, um, hat box, these all have microscopic holes in them that Chucky's beak can definitely slip through. And, and I'm sorry, but that's, like I said, I'm not to be held responsible for any of this. And that's how to beat Chucky. That was probably the best segment I've ever done. Um, it's it's October 2020, so uh, why don't we move on to the next segment for, for this uh, amazing Chucky episode, which is how, how to be Chucky. So if you are a, uh aspiring um, doll or a uh, friendly serial killer, I don't like this segment. The next segment is... How did this... Oh, oh, okay. So I, this movie came out before YouTube, so there aren't a ton of, like, you know... I don't know if there are any... There's any, like, videos of, like, behind-the-scene footage of, of what this was like, but, but I have a friend whose friend uh, says that they had an uncle who worked on this set, and I heard some very interesting things, like... Like... You know how people are, like, super weird and they'll, like, stay in character? You hear about people like Christian Bale or Daniel Day-Lewis or Jared Leto. They'll stay in character. Mike Myers, they'll stay in character between takes or even for, like, the entirety of a film's shooting production schedule. And and it's weird. And in Jared Leto's case, you know, he'll send them, like, fetal pigs in the mail and stuff like that. It's to, like supposedly get into the character or whatever. So so from what I heard, apparently Chucky brings in donuts for the crew one day on one of the shoot days. And it's really one of the more, when, when you bring in snacks, the, the appropriate thing would be to go around to everyone on set, just kind of quietly and individually going like, hey, I'm going to be bringing snacks in a couple days or tomorrow or whatever. I'm going to be bringing snacks. And I just wanted to know like if, do you have any dietary restrictions? Are you vegan or anything? Um, so that way no one feels like excluded or othered when somebody 
brings in donuts. It's like, oh, donuts. Oh, are they are they vegan? And there's always that awkward exchange as someone has to go, oh, no, unfortunately they're not. I'm sorry. And it's like, oh, well, if you would have asked, maybe you could have got some vegan. Anyway, anyway. So so this guy, so Chucky brings in donuts. He brings them in and he's like, hey, I brought donuts, everybody. Isn't that great? And, of course, there's always the awkward exchange of, are these vegan? And, oh, my God, no. Maybe you can. Uh, it doesn't matter. And he tells everybody, he tells everybody, hey, everybody, I, I brought in donuts. Come have some powdered sugar donuts. I brought some powdered sugar donuts, everybody. And he's he like, he's really emphasizing that he brought in these powdered sugar donuts. And he says that like he drove really far this morning to get them, but they're still hot because he had a pizza bag that he stole. And he's like bragging about how he stole a pizza bag from Domino's a long time ago, and he still uses it to keep his food hot when he's driving around. And he says that he got these donuts really early, far away, and he had to put them in the pizza bag, and so they're still hot. And they're powdered sugar. Come and eat them. And, and from what I heard, everybody's eating them. And, and at some, someone's like, oh, these are chocolate. These are chocolate donuts. The powdered sugar is, powdered sugar is just on the outside. Um, I guess it's still powdered sugar is, is from, once again, all I've been told is what they said. And then Chucky, I guess, like kind of takes it really personally and is like, hey, man, I drove a really long way and I put myself, you know, kind of in an awkward position uh, by using this pizza bag that I stole and I really I really shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff, but I just, I wanted to show this crew that, that, that you mean so much to me and just, I feel that I'm really confused why you're, you're coming at me so hostily and and I from what I've heard, things kind of escalated from there to like, uh, listen, man, I didn't even have to bring in these donuts. I didn't know they were chocolate. I thought they were powdered sugar when I got them. Is that a problem? And it wasn't a problem. And it's just like these these actors who who choose to stay in character just to improve the uh, atmosphere of a set. These people have to work. Like I've, I it, these are like twelve hour days for a lot of these crews. And so the last thing they want to deal with is some, I'm just going to say it, asshole showing up on, showing up on the day and, and making a scene and making it all about them because that's what they do. Anyway, the movie got made in uh, a week. They, they found um, a camera on the side of the uh, sidewalk, and it had most of the movie already filmed on it. And so Tom Holland, the director, uh, not... Not the Tom Holland from Spider-Man. Um, Tom Holland... I'm sorry, yes, the Tom Holland from Spider-Man. So Tom Holland, the Tom Holland from Spider-Man, found a camera on the side of the sidewalk and saw that it had most of the movie Child's Play already made on it. So he contacted David Kirshner, uh, who produced the movie. He said, he said... He sent him the movie, and he said, that looks great, let's write it. And so they wrote the movie that they were watching, and then they made the rest of it, and that's how... Child's Play got made, but another weird, just one more like production story that I heard is just is like so on productions sometimes uh, they have these things that are called genies, and it's like it's not like a you know uh, never had a friend like me, uh, Alibaba had them forty kids, you know it's not like um, can your friends do this, uh, can your friends do that, uh, your friends do this out their little hat. Your friends go, ooh, uh, looky here. Your friends go, abracadabra, let her rip, and you're going to make suckers disappear. It's not like that kind of genie. 
It's not like make three wishes. Wish number one, I can't make people come back from the dead. Rule number two, I can't make people fall in love. Rule number three, it's not like that kind of genie. It's a genie that's like a cherry picker that goes up and down and and lifts a person uh, to like get to great heights without working very hard, if you know what I mean. So um, from what I heard... Uh, there, there was, everyone was at lunch. Everybody was at lunch and, uh, there was this great crash from set and everybody came running from set, uh, or from, from lunch and they came on set and they saw Chucky and he was laying down. He was on the ground next to the cherry picker and the cherry picker was all the way up. It was extended all the way as high as it would go. And Chucky was at the bottom. And so everyone comes running over and they're going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Chucky, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's all dazed and dizzy, but there's no blood and there's no bruising, but he's just like, oh, whoa, whoa, hey everyone, what's happening? What's, what's going on? And, and like they brought the medic in and it turns out that like nothing, he was fine. And to this day, my friend's friend's uncle says to, to his nephew, my friend's friend, uh, that he thinks that Chucky just raised the genie as high as it would go and then just laid down next to the genie and like made a noise. And then everyone came running back and was like, oh, no, no, the whole time. Like because everyone was at lunch and apparently that was the same day as the donut. So like he clearly wasn't over it and like tried to make a whole deal about it. <sighs> yeah. And then he lied and tried to say that his mom was Egyptian and that's fucking bullshit and we all know it. And it's like, are you just trying to get attention? Oh, uh, that's my time. Um, this has been an episode of the Gory Days on podcasts. Um, tune in next week for another podcast. Stay scary out there. The Gory Days.